you. All right, praise God. Second Timothy 2. Let's see if we can continue from where we stopped last night. We, we wanted to study the mission of the believer, but we ended up studying, are you a soldier? All right, Second Timothy 2. I will just recap us from where we stopped last night and um, to see where we can finally put this to a rest. Second Timothy 2, verse 1. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. In verse 3 it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. Verse 4 says, no man that worried effangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a what? A soldier. And we said last night that you have to learn how to endure hardness. As a Christian, you have to learn how to endure hardness. And we, we corrected the term when people say, Christianity should be enjoyed and not endured. That's very false. It's not scriptural. And I told you, and I gave you a background of Timothy, and I told you Timothy was a young guy, a young, a young preacher. He was between the ages of 17 to 21 years. And I told you that history had it to be, he pastored 100,000 people in the local church. So now, imagine your head and subtract it from Timothy's age. Now, I'm not talking about that Timothy. <laughs> imagine your age and subtract it from Timothy's age. It is not, you will see that you've not really started. That's why Paul would tell him in his epistle and say, flee youthful loves, because he was still a young boy. He was still, he was still a child. That's why it's as though Paul was giving him direction as touching everything, as touching the widows in the church. This is how you handle it. As touching this, this is how you handle it. But he says, continue. It, that's why he was telling him, the Lord has not given you the spirit of fear again, but a spirit of power, love, and of sound mind. Because it was, it, it, there will be points at Tim, or the, uh, there will be some point where Timothy was scared. He wasn't bold because he was a young man and he preached or pastored 100,000 people roughly. That should challenge you that, okay, what are you doing? So when Paul was writing to Timothy and telling him, endure hardness, are you seeing that that is really hard for a young guy? Are you seeing it? That should be hard for a young guy. 17, 18, 19 years. In fact, history had it to be that the disciples of Jesus we are about 13, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years when Jesus was training them. That was one of the reasons in the disciples, when in the four gospel, in the, in the book of Acts, when Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus left them upon the ascension, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were able to bully them. You know why? Because they were wondering these small boys. That's why in Acts 5, they flogged them. They don't flog elders. They flog them. They say, why are you disturbing the whole of Jerusalem? Come here. But they were young men. Young, young men who shook the world. Jesus left his, his message in the hands of 11, 11 young men. And those young men eventually shook the world. 
those young men, they shook the world. So that, that, that alone should be a motivation, if in quote, that's supposed to be what they should be using for motivational speech in church, not aspire to require the retire the desire and require the refire, then go to a fire. <laughs> that should not, that's not, that's not, <laughs> okay. imagine you go to church and they tell you to aspire the desire, the retire, then the refire and the desire, the, the everything, they just give you and mud it all together. Then when you now leave church, you leave church more confused than you came. <laughs> So, the believer should learn to endure hardness. So, I told you last night and I said, Timothy was a young man with enormous responsibility. Now, you don't have that much responsibility on your neck today. I mean, you are not pastoring 100,000 people. You are not pastoring... And having to deal with widows in church, hope you know the work of a pastor is one of the toughest jobs in the world. How many of you know? You are dealing with human beings. Human beings that can deceive you. You are dealing with the likes of Uticos <laughs> and the likes of Bro Godwin. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so, are you, we said last, week, um, last night that, are you a good soldier? Look at in verse 3, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man that worrieth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And we said, in the military camp, physically now, they enlist you into their school. Or they bring you in. They want to make sure that you are part of them. And what do they do in the military school? They train you. They, they call it drilling. You go through all the drills, all the motions. You climb things, do tough and hard things. Same way in Christianity. The, you have to be drilled. You have to be trained. There was something I wrote down last night after I finished the, teaching you last night. And I, thought, and I wrote it down and I said, a bad soldier can be a function of a bad trainer. So if you go to a church or if you go to somewhere where they are not going to train you well, you might have to relocate because in the scriptures, they have to be drilled. Now look at the disciples of Jesus. Look at the disciples. I just told you they were young men who sacrificed their life to follow Jesus. Young men. Now, young men, are, do you know that it's not easy to, to be living with Jesus? The Bible says the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So, everywhere they're just walking. <laughs> anywhere, they, anywhere they just sit, they will sleep. And they're just going. Just going. At some point, Peter told Jesus and said, we have no place to go. Only you have the Son of Man. Only you have the Word of Life. So, imagine the kind of drilling that Jesus would have drilled them. They were just asking Jesus, How, what, is, what is the meaning of this scripture? Jesus would be explaining every time. At some point, Jesus um, was sleeping in the boat. Peter came to wake him, Master, care us not that we perish. 
Ah, ah, you want us to die in this place? You, you are sleeping. You know you can save yourself. You are God. <laughs> but we should not die in this sea. And Jesus said, ah, ah, who are you of little faith? Jesus calmed the sea. Ah, it's better. It's better you calm it. It's better that way. <laughs> you know, they had to face all those things. When Jesus was to be crucified, they ran. Peter, who was for me, I will follow you, Jesus. I will follow you, Jesus. After he denied Jesus, he ran away. Imagine the lives of Thomas. Thomas who said, until I touch his hand, until I touch his hand, before I believe that Jesus really died, and <laughs> Jesus rose again. Imagine those people. And Jesus left his gospel to them. They would have prayed, you know. Jesus took them in Matthew 26 to go and pray. They were sleeping. Jesus came to wake them three times. That is the responsibility of a, of a good trainer. He came to wake them, wake up, pray. Your spirit is willing, but flesh is weak. Didn't we see it when Peter brought off knife and cut off the ear of Marcus? You see, the spirit was really willing. <laughs> but the flesh was weak. Imagine he had prayed like Jesus told him to do. He would have scaled through those places. So the hard time was the prayer. Let's see that in Matthew 26 so that we'll continue from there. So that you, you understand what I'm saying fully. Look at it, Matthew 26. And let's read that. We, we, we want to get to a destination of the mission of the believer, right? That's where we want to get to, but we're just trying to I'm trying to give you a recap of last night. Look at Matthew 26. Let's start from verse 36. Let's start from verse 36. It says, Peter said unto him, Though I should die, um, 36, then come at Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go pray yonder. And he took you with him, Peter, and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not thy will, but thy will. Verse 14, now said, And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them, what? Asleep. And said unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me for one hour? So, the disciples were struggling to even pray for what? One hour. And he said, he told them, he says, watch and pray that he enter not into the spirit, into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Look at verse 42. And he went again and prayed, the spirit, saying, Over Father, if, it be, if, it, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Verse 43, and he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were what? Heavy. So they were struggling with sleep. Look at it, verse 44. He left them and went again, prayed the third time, saying the same word. Then he commented unto his disciples and said unto them, okay, keep sleeping. God told you sleep. <laughs> so for three good hours, they could not pray. They were struggling. So that's why you see how they eventually, because it will mean, you know, if you are not well trained to use a rifle properly, you will shoot the wrong person. How many of you know that? If you are not well trained to use a rifle properly, you are going to shoot the wrong person. So imagine G Peter in, in this shoe. 
Peter could not move forward. That's why he acted the way he acted. He just brought off knife. He cut off the ear of Marcos. But look at an act theory. Nobody now could teach Peter and John. Had three. Now they've been trained. Look at act three. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the night hour. They now they have now started praying. They already now have a prayer time. So their prayer time now is the night hour. But these were men who were struggling before. So it is possible you don't have a prayer life before, but you are trained to have a prayer life. That is the responsibility of a local church. It is possible that you don't know how to study the scripture before. That is why you come to a local church and you are trained to do that. You are trained to have a good study life. It's possible that you don't know how to fellowship with God's word. That's why you come to the local church and you are trained to study God's word. It's possible that you don't know how to preach the gospel. But as you come into the local church, you are trained to, to, to do the same. To preach the gospel. But you have to have a willing mindset. Look at in Act 1. Act 1, verse 14. Look at what happened. We can start from 13. And when they come in, Act 1, verse 13. It says, and when they come in, they went up into the upper room. Where are both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Aphios, and Simon, Zealot, and Judas, the brother of James? Verse 14. These all continued with one accord in what? Prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication is, is not just normal. They were evidently praying. These were men who a couple of weeks or months ago, we are just struggling with sleep. Now they've been trained. Now without Jesus' presence, they've now been trained to do it on their own. That's what the training camp does to you. And that's what the local church does to you. It helps you to get trained so that you can be on your own and pray. You can be on your own, study and have a fellowship with God and have a relationship with God. That's what the local church does to you. You see in Acts 2, Acts 2 verse 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mind to it, and he filled the house where they were sitting, verse 3, and it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and sat upon each of them, and they began, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were trained, they were taught. They were trained, they were taught what to do. So, you have to know how to draw the line. You have to know how to draw the line. Where do you draw the line? Are you willing to be trained? It's just like if you go to a military booth camp now, you are going to follow their rules. 
You are not going to be the one to say, train me this way. They will slap you out of the place. You can't say, now train me this way. If you, if, you, if you are the one who will decide the kind of training you want, then you will not grow. It is the trainer who will tell you this is how you have to be trained. It's just like if you go for a job today. You don't tell them at your workplace, this is how I want to be trained. Teach me on my own terms and conditions. They will rather teach you on the company principle. Same way in the local church. Same way in the scriptures. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is it going to be tough? Definitely. Is it going to be easy? Definitely. But Paul told Timothy, endure what? Hardness. As a good what? Soldier of Christ. Let's go back to 2 Timothy 1, 2, 3. I'm trying to make sure that I leave this topic on time so that we can focus on what we decided to study. 2 Timothy 1 to 3. 2 Timothy. Look at it in verse 4. It says, No man that worried and thangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Your major responsibility as you have believed the gospel is to please the one who has enlisted you, your master. Follow the dictate of his rule. Now, we said, no man that worried entangled himself with the affairs of this life. And we said yesterday that one of the affairs of this life can be TikTok. It can be different, different activities that take your time off the study of God's word, of the fellowship with your brethren, of prayer, of everything. And you know it's going to be excusable. But you have to make a choice. 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 So, what are you entangled with? That should be the question. I will ask you one question and you need to think through with yourself. What are you entangled with that take your time off spiritual activities? That's a big thing. Do you get entangled with things that take your attention off spiritual activities? Do you take, do, do you, do you, do you do that? Do you look at in verse 15 in Second in Timothy 2, verse 15? There he says, But study the study to show, you know, he's a young man. And Paul was telling the young man, he said, Study to show thyself approved unto God. He now used a word, he says, A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because he is a young man. So Paul was telling him, see, study the word. Study the word. Let's see some of the instructions that Paul was telling the young man. Let's go and start from 1 Timothy. Let's start from 1 Timothy. Look at, look at 1 Timothy. Let's go to 1 Timothy verse 1. Let's walk through, let's walk through, let's walk through stuff from 1 Timothy verse 1. 
Remember what are we studying? We're still, we are ah, we are trying to study mission of the believer. But let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's start from First Timothy. Are you ready for a study this morning? Are you sure? You sure? We want to walk through First Timothy and Second Timothy very quickly in this meeting before we go to where we want to get to. Look at the First Timothy. Look, look at what he did. Now let's start from First Timothy one. Verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son, in faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at it, verse 3, very key. Is everybody with your Bibles? You are following, you are following through, right? All right, look at it, verse 3. It says, I besought thee that thou abide, that thou abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou ch- might charge some that teach no other doctrine so timothy has learned the doctrine let's see an acetidence of timothy go to Phil- put your hands there and go to philippians 2. philippians 2. let's see how paul describes timothy so you will know if you are truly a timothy or you are not a timothy no i'm not talking to <laughs> that's the that's the what I'm saying. Now look at Timothy. Look at him in verse 19. It's Philippians 2, verse 19. Philippians 2, verse 19. Are you there? You you're there? Huh? Alright. Look at what he says. He says, But I trust the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you. So Paul could just wake up one morning and say, Timothy, go to Philippi. Timothy, go to Ephesus. Timothy, go to this church. Because Timothy was, a, was strong. He knew the gospel. Now he says, But I trust the Lord to send Timothy unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Look at verse 20, very key. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Look at verse 21. For all men seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. So all men seek their own. So all the disciples of Paul all the men that Paul was training, they were worrying themselves with the affairs of this life. But Timothy was one man who stood out. Are you seeing it? He says, I have no man like-minded who will care for your state, like Timothy. So it means I don't trust any other person to do the job than Timothy. Are you seeing it? That is, I know that when Timothy comes to you in Philippi, Timothy will preach as though I'm the one. Are you seeing it? If it makes sense, let me see your hands. All right, cool. Now, let's go back to our first Timothy and let's see something. Look at instructions. Don't forget, how old did I tell you Timothy was? 17 to 21. He was within that age bracket. Now, see, look at, let's go back to, are, are you in that first Timothy one? Now, see what it says. It says, in verse 4, it says, Neither give it to fables and endless genealogies, which ministers questions rather than godly edifying. So he was warning Timothy, please don't give it to fables. Don't give it to, don't give it to different things that people are saying. Don't, don't do. Don't do it. He was warning the young man. You know, a lot of us today, we want to study everything. You've not finished studying the 66 books of the scriptures. You are looking for extra biblical sources. Hey, what is going on in the Apocrypha? In the apocalypse of the scripture, what 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 is the 
where the missing text in the Bible, the missing script. You have not read your 66 books and understand the 66 books very well. You are looking for lost books. But there are lost books of the past Bible. What, where is the lost book? What's your business? Have you finished the, the found one? You have not finished the found one. You are looking for the one that is lost. So Paul was warning Timothy, don't give it to fables. Don't give it to people just waking up and just bamboozling you and just trying to deceive you. Don't do that. Because he was a what? A young man. A young man with what? Enormous responsibility. And a soldier that. Now look at in verse 18. Just so that I don't, we don't waste our time. Look at in verse 18. It says, This charge I commit unto thee, Son Timothy, he called him a son, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou mightest war a good warfare. Now, let me explain this. It means the utterances of God's Spirit that has been given to you, you owe them strong. What are the utterances? Prophecies. That means prophecies has come to Timothy that, oh, you will reach the whole of Ephesus. Oh, you will preach the gospel around. He says, see, those utterances you will take it and war a good warfare. Warfare means you will pray it, you will pray that utterances to pass. Are you seeing that? You will pray those utterances to pass. He says that you may war a good warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience, we some have put away concerning faith and made a chief prayer. In verse 20, he says, On whom Eminence and Alexander have delivered to us say that they may learn not to blaspheme. So he was talking to him constantly. Look at in verse 2. He says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplication. So he was teaching Timothy. This is what I will tell you, Timothy. Supplications, prayers, giving of thanks be made for all men. For those that are for kings and those that are in authority, that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life. For this is good. He explained to Timothy, for all men will be saved to come into the knowledge of the gospel, into the knowledge of our Savior, or the knowledge of the truth. He kept explaining to Timothy. Look at chapter 3. He says, This is a true saying. If any man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good one. So that means there will be people in the church where Timothy is pastoring who will say, I want to be a pastor too. I want to be a pastor. And Timothy is, and Paul had to tell Timothy, what do I do? People want to be pastors. <laughs> How do I undo this responsibility? Are you seeing it? It's, Paul is not saying, it's not a crime for them to desire to be a pastor. He says, but look out for this detail. If they have this one, ordain them. Because he was a what? A young man. So, he was giving him responsibilities. Telling him what to do. Look at in verse 15 of that same Ephesians 1 verse 3. Verse 15. It says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. He was explaining to Timothy, See, if I come, this is how to behave. If I don't come fast, this is how to behave. Look at in this chapter 4. We are trying to walk through something very quickly, right? Are you seeing the progression of where we are walking? The, the, the part of the struggles that Timothy as a young man would, could have faced. So that you see that you have no excuse. 
Look at in um, verse 8 of chapter 4. It says, For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that is now and that which is to come. In verse 9, it says, This is a faithful saying and a worthy of all his, his acceptation. Look at verse 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. It says, See, as you are laboring and suffering, it is both of us that is going through it together. You know, Paul went through a lot for the gospel. He says, See, so probably Timothy was going through his own. He says, We both labor and suffer reproach for the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at in verse 12. He says, let no man do what? Read it, everybody. No, you're not reading like that. Let no man do what? He says, so that means there will be people in his church that say, are you not a young man? Why are you telling me what to do? You know how African mothers can be. Leave me. Are you trying to tell me, are you trying to tell me that I should sit down in church? Why are you disturbing me? Leave me alone, John. Paul was telling Timothy, don't let anybody despise you and say because you are young. You are still their pastor. He now wants Timothy. Look at what he told him. He says, But be thou a what? An example of the believer. In what? You see it? That is, you must, you must be studying. You must make sure that your knowledge is afresh. In conversations, when you are talking, don't go and be talking and be saying, Yo, man. Yo, man. Yo, man. I got you, man. I, yo, man. Yo, 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 yo. And <laughs> imagine I come to church and I say, Yo. And I say, Brother, lift your hands. Yo. Hope you know that all of you will leave this church and say, ah, this guy is not serious. <laughs> say, yo, yo, brethren, yo, yo, yo. Welcome to service. You want to jump up? Jump up. Glory. And we are just doing young things in church. You know you will like it because <laughs> some of you will like it. Say, thank God. Nobody is even stressing my life in this church. All these God that will first pray one hour first. We don't be praying, 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 praying. Ah, ah, what are we praying for that is not yet answered? Why is it one hour? That's why God will not devise the means. Hope he did not do it today. He devised the means of coming 10 minutes proud to prayer ending. He didn't know the time that prayer is to end. So he walks into where you say, lift your hands, let's worship God. That's when you just see God will come. <laughs> just to skip through the prayer. The Lord will, the Lord will, you will repent. <laughs> you must be attending the prayer. Isaac used to do something before. Isaac will come 30 minutes prior. He will, not, he will check the time. It's already 10.30. They are about to finish prayer too. Fast, fast. He did it today. I told you. <laughs> they know the time that prayer starts and ends. So they will come in the middle. And you want to be a soldier? You can't be a soldier like that. <laughs> and you say you're a great soldier. No, you're a bad one. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, so be that an example of the believer. In what? In conversation. I have a teaching. You can lay your hands on that material. Be that an example. You should listen to it. He says, in what? In conversation. In charity. In spirit. In faith. In purity. He says, till I come, give attendance to what? That means, he was telling Timothy, study the scriptures. Just be reading it. To exhortation, to doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. The daskalia in the Greek, teaching. Look at what he now told him in verse 14. He says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. He says, see, be conscious of the grace of God that is working in you. 
Lignate not the gift that is in thee, which was put by thee. He says, he was saying, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of us of the prejudice. He said, meditate on these things. Just be thinking through Think of those words that were said. Why? So, you, are you seeing that? Timothy had a lot of struggle as a young man. Same way with all of you today. You are struggling with school. So, you know, if it was Paul now, who wants to write to you now, he will say, pay attention in class. Ensure you don't fail in school. And you know, he will tell you, after class, make sure that you preach the gospel. You know, that is how we would have been talking in our today. To the young man. He says, stay, look at what it now told him. Um, he says, in verse 15, meditate upon these things. Give thyself holy today, that thy profiting may do what? Appear to all. He says, so this will benefit everybody. Look at it, verse 16. He says, take it unto thyself and unto the doctrine. I have a teaching too like that. Take it, right? I have a teaching like that. You should lay your hands on that material. He says, take it unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, what did he say? He says, you will save yourself and what? And them that hear you. Are you seeing that Timothy would have gone through different stops? In verse 5, he says, rebook not an ender, but entreat him as a father. He said, don't go, to a, don't go to the elders in the church and say, stop, stop praying like that. He said, no, you will entreat him. Please, sir, can you please not pray this way? He says, but the younger one has brethren. He was telling him what to do. Because he had the challenge. Look at the verse 3. He says, honor widows that are widows indeed. So that is, check those ones that are widows, not fake widows. He said, widows indeed. So you know there are some people that just come to church and just want to disturb the church and say, I'm a widow, help me, I'm a widow, I'm a widow. <laughs> he said, look at it in verse 17. He says, Let the elders that rule well be counted of worthy of double honors, especially those that labor in word and doctrine. Look at it in verse 22. He was telling him, he says, lay hands suddenly on no man. Neither be partaker of any man's sake. Look at what he told him in verse 23. So that means Timothy could have fallen sick. In verse 26, he says, Drink no longer water, but use little wine for thy stomach's sake, for thy awful infirmities. So that means Timothy must have been maybe be having ulcer. He said, But don't drink water, drink wine. Wine in their time is not alcohol. Don't hear the devil. <laughs> it's like, you know. You know what they do with this, all these drinks they give you in Africa, all these ginger, all this. That's, that's what they say here. Because I went to one party one day, and the man said, you are a pastor? I said, yes. He said, this creature, he was holding a bottle of wine in his hand. He said, this creature, First Timothy 5 verse 19. I was wondering, where is he going to? He said, Paul told Timothy to drink wine. So, I'm not wrong. I said, ah, no. He said, that is how I see it in my mind. <laughs> then in that drink, he said, man, okay, better, do you want to drink? I, I said, no, not me. Not me, he's drinking that, that with you. So, Timothy would have had stomach troubles. Same way, you'll be having ulcer, you'll be saying your stomach is spinning in. Timothy was going through it. Paul just said, 
they don't drink water. This is, is drink no longer water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake. And your awful infirmity, so it is to come frequently. And you just be writing to the mother and say, My stomach has pain, it's paining me, I will not be able to preach today. Dabani, go and preach. And you see that Timothy went through different things as a young boy. So if you are to zero it in our today, hope you know Timothy would have written, Paul have written to Timothy and say, Study hard for your exam. Are you seeing it? Study hard in school, but at that, don't let church suffer. You know you still have to preach on Sunday. You know you still have to preach in the synagogue. Are you seeing it? You know you still have to study the scriptures. You know you still have to pray. So you will learn to do a balance. So, Timothy went through everything. Look at in verse 6. Chapter 6, verse 3. He says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the word of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud. He says, See, if anybody is teaching something and not consenting to teach, a, that is consenting to teach a different message, Paul told him, That person is a proud man. He knows nothing but doubting about questions and strife words, wherefore commit every strife railing and evil submissions. Then he started telling Timothy, be content. Look at in verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So that means Timothy must have been craving to start saving up to buy the iPhone 14. And yet he has the iPhone 13 Pro Max. He must have been struggling to buy the Tesla. Ah, Tesla is coming and buying the new model. So but Paul told Timothy, because he's young. Paul told Timothy, see, Godliness with contentment is great gain. You see, but we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we will carry nothing out. He says, having food and raiment, let us be there with, with content. He was telling him. He told him in verse 10. He says, but the love of money is the root of all evil. I'm sure some of you have been hearing that before, but you don't know where it is written in the scripture. Now you are seeing it. <laughs> he says, now, for the love of money is the, is the root of all He was warning Timothy. Look at what he did in verse 11. He says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Are you seeing it? He says, Flee all this problem. Don't let people just be enticing you. Sorry. You are going through it. <laughs> you too, you are going through it. <laughs> you can stand up. <laughs> but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith. And patience, meekness. Look at it in verse 12. It says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, there unto which thou hast been called, and profess a good confession, profession before many witnesses. Look at what, he's, what he told him to do. He told him, Damn man of God, flee all these problems, all this contentment, all these things that make people feel, go through different things in, as a young man. He will, he will have his lost, we have things he's struggling with. He says, flee it. Look at in verse 14. But keep this commandment without spot and, re- and all rebukeable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he wasn't just giving him an instruction for just his time. He was telling him, even if I die, just keep these things I've told you. So you know, Timothy now, after Paul died, will go back and keep reading these letters. 
because it will be of a benefit to him. And do you know we are reading it today now and it's benefiting us today. So we will not apply it to our world. You know, some of you now, you may still be struggling with contentment. Oh, you love money too much. I want to make money by all costs. And is it because of money you don't want to come to church? You know, Timothy must have been having that struggle. Are you now saying we should not go to work to make money? Paul told him, be content. That little you have, make do with it. Are you seeing it? Timothy will have been saying, ah, I, am I just going to... People are making it in life. People are doing this. My mate are this. Paul said, the love of money. It's actually the root of all evil. He does it, but oh man, oh God, flee all these things. <laughs> Are you seeing it? A young man. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy so that you understand it very well. Paul did something very key. Paul had to remind him of his salvation, his history, and it's good. Sometimes it's good to remind those we are teaching and tell them, see, I know where you came from. Look at what Paul did. If look at 2 Timothy 1, it says in verse 2, let's start from verse 2. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God who I serve with my conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance. It says I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So Paul was always praying for Timothy. He says, greatly desire to see thee, mindful of their tears. Now, I will give you the background of why Paul was writing this letter soon. He says that I may be filled with joy. He says when I call to remembrance. The unfaithed faith, which is dwell in their grandmother. He took it to their grandmother. You know your grandmother, Liz. You know how he was praying. He says, and also your mother, Eunice. I am persuaded that that same faith is in you. So he's telling him that, you know your mother trained you. You know I knew your mother. I also knew the, the story of your grandmother. Are you seeing good history? He reminded him. You know you were once a backslider. Why you were very serious? And they prayed you into ministry. He now says, look at what he now told you. He says, wherefore, I put thee to remembrance that thou stay up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now, a background of this letter will be, there will be times you just don't want to associate yourself with the gospel. Have you heard those things where people will ask you, what if, what if they put a gun to my neck and say, deny Jesus, deny Jesus now and leave? Have you heard those things? Or leave? What should you do? Somebody will say, don't deny me. You better deny him and leave. You just deny and go. Better use your sense. Don't you want to live long to preach the gospel? <laughs> use your common sense. So just say, I, me, I don't think I believe. I don't, I don't, God will even be happy with you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I believe. I, I will, we'll discuss it later. We'll discuss the belief later. At least you have lived to go and preach to another soul. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? No, but in this instance, Paul was in danger. His name has been blacklisted. So nobody wants to associate with Paul again. So he's writing to Timothy, you must not leave me. <laughs> you, <laughs> you cannot leave me. We are in this world together. I know, Timothy was, Timothy was a young man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like in that time, if, you, if anybody said they know Paul, we will kill you too. That what was going on. So everyone was like, eh, Paul, who is Paul? I don't know Paul. So he's telling, he first reminded him of his history. <laughs> Made him understand. See, I knew where I first met you. We met at Starbucks. From Starbucks, we now continued. You dare not leave me. <laughs> now, watch, let's read on. It's going to get interesting. 
He says, I, he says, which is a D, by the putting on of my You know, in 1 Timothy 4, he did not tell him he's the one that put hands. He first told him, the laying on the face of the pebbles. He now remember, I laid hands on you. Look at the verse 4. He says, for God has not given you the spirit of fear, power, of love, and of a sound mind. In verse 8, he says, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me. You can't be ashamed. <laughs> he told you, see, don't even try it. You are publicly associated with me. He says, don't be ashamed of me. He's prisoner. But be, look at what he said. Partake of it too. <laughs> he says, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Do you know this is the characteristics of a soldier? They run to war. They don't run from war. It's making Timothy strong. And I read history very well that after Paul died, almost the same thing that happened to Paul happened to Timothy. But imagine Paul hasn't trained him on how not to chicken out in the face of persecution, in the face of problems, in the place of danger, how to toughen up. Hope you know, Timothy too would have denounced the faith. But history had it to be, he lived well. And he died for the same righteous cause which Paul died for. That was such a faithful follower. He says, see, don't be ashamed of me. Look at it, verse 9. He says, who has saved us and called us unto an holy calling. Verse 13, he told him, hold fast to the form of he says, all fast to the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith, in love, which is in Christ. So that means it will come to a point in time you'll be tired of hearing the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. You want to preach another thing. He said, No, don't do it. He says, That good thing which is committed unto thee by the Holy Ghost, which is dwelleth in us. Look at it in verse 15, very key. He says, This that thou knowest, that all which are in Asia turned away from me. A whole continent where he has labored, they left him. So he's not telling Timothy, are you about to run away? Just like Jesus told the disciples and say, Are you two also about to leave? And the disciples and Jesus and the disciples told Jesus and say, Peter told Jesus and say, To whom shall we run to? We've left all to forsake, we have forsaken all to follow you. In answers, this that thou knowest. That they which dwell in Asia turned away from me, of whom are pegless and ever. It was mentioned in their names, the people that, that left him. He says, But the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, which for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my shame. So he was mentioning their names. He says, the Lord grant unto thee, look at it, verse 18, that he may find mercy in that day and many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus that thou knowest well. Then he now see, look at the progression in verse 2. There, he says, therefore, my son, be strong in the Lord, which, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things which you have heard of me, commit unto many witnesses and faithful men which shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as what? So, are you seeing that this is pure hardness? These are tough times. But imagine he wasn't trained well. Do you know he will not be able to go through the hard times? Do you know a lot of Christians pray only during emergencies? 
when they have problems, that's when they start moving from one prayer hut to another. Pastor, pray for us. Pray for us. They start. If I meet any of those people, I plan, I've planned them. If I meet them, Pastor, I'm going through this. I will ask you, have you been committed to church before? Have you been serving faithful? No. All right. This is your problem. This kind, go ahead not, but by 70 days fasting and prayer. Are you ready to do it? Ha! I have no choice. <laughs> you punish them. Since you don't want to come to church before, you will come. He says, but therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man that worried entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who are chosen him to be his soldier. Then he kept advising Timothy. Verse 15, he says, this you study. Verse 16, he says, this you shun profane and vain blabbings. Verse 22, he says, flee also youthful lust. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It says, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do what? They gender strife. He said, don't avoid, avoid questions that will make people be, you, make you, people, you be arguing with somebody. Avoid them. It says, for the servant of the Lord. Are you seeing that he has been trained? All of these letters was just a reminder to him. He says, but the servant of the Lord must what? Not strive. Must be what? Gentle unto all men, hard to teach, and patient. He gave him those warnings. Look at in chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 10. Chapter 3, verse 10. He says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, suffering. He says, you have seen it. You have learned. Are you seeing it? You have known my doctrine. You have known my manner of life. You know how we carry this gospel on our head. You know I am so passionate about this gospel. I want you to do the same. My purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me in Antioch and Liconium and Lystra, what persecutions I have endured. So he's telling Timothy, there is no persecution you two should not be able to endure as a, pro, as a soldier of Jesus. He says, you know how much me too I have endured mine. Don't chicken out. But a man who is not well trained will chicken out. That's how it is. He says in verse 12, he says, Ye and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall do what? Suffer persecution. So imagine Paul did not train Timothy. Hope you know you will need your prayer life one day. We are living in this life. Oh. Life will always have its challenges. It will have its up and downs. Things will not always go smoothly. We pray that things go smoothly, but that is exactly why it is called life. Expectations are going to be dashed. But imagine you have built a fortified prayer life, a non-shaking that without, we bring the storm. Hell and high waters, you are still there. Bad things are going, you are still praying. You are still studying. You know, today, the very first thing that happens when a Christian is going through a problem is, I can't come to church. I'm, go I'm just going through a lot. I just need to fix my head. I just want to sort out something. What are you sorting out? Just, uh, I'm just, it is, I'm going through a lot. 
there's this comedy that is going on these days. Me go, I'm just coming from a lot. <laughs> you know, you will need it someday. But today, an average Christian, once they start going through a lot, they just isolate. They are no more committed in church again. They are no more faithful again. They just isolate. Are you seeing it? So, the question will be, are you getting yourself trained? And it's a bad soldier that raises bad, it's a bad trainer, remember what I said, that raises bad soldiers. So, it all falls down, what training are you receiving? You don't have a prayer life. Are you the one that decided not to have a prayer life or they didn't train you to have one? Are you the one that decided not to have a study life or, they, or you didn't train or you ain't trained to have one? Then he told Timothy in verse 14. He says, But continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured, knowing of whom thou hast learned it from. He's not telling Timothy, See, you see, as from a child, you've known this scripture. Is reminding me, as from a child, you've known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Child there in the world is there, breathless. It means an infant, as somebody who is growing. Look at in verse 17, it says, O man of God, that maybe man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto good works. Look at in, in verse 4, he told Timothy, preach, be instant in season, out of season, rebuke, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. It says, for the time we come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will, they will, they will, they will, but after their own lust, they will heap up to themselves teachers having itchy years. You just want to watch every message that is trending on YouTube. You are looking at scouting. You have not finished every, all the messages that your preacher has preached. You are looking for another, another deep. What? He said, you just keep teaching. They are just like that because they are not well trained. But Timothy knows you, he can't listen. He told Timothy, hope you just continue what I've been teaching you. But today, you see an average Christian, they will listen to this person. They, will they have five different pastors online. How they do, and they are not committed to a local church. That's a bad man, a bad soldier. They are watching this person. As they are finishing this service, they are going to the next service. As they are finishing this service, they are going to the next service. That's a bad soldier. Stay somewhere. Stay committed. He says, they will heap up teachers after their own lost. He says, what will be their end goal? Verse 4, and they will turn away with their ears from the truth. And they shall be turned unto what? Fables. That's the end goal for them. They will eventually follow what they wanted to hear. It is this curiosity that makes you want to listen to everything that is happening. Stay somewhere and learn and decide to be trained. Decide to want to grow. Look at it, verse 5. It says, but watch thou in all things, endure affliction. Are you seeing another problem, another thing he told Timothy to do? Affliction means it is not going to be easy. Enjoy it. You will have pain. That's afflictions. You will have pain, but you still have to come to church. You will have headache. You still have to come to church. Why? You are getting yourself what? Trained. Hope you know. So just don't call off. 
Do you know? Soldiers don't call up. You're always on duty. It says, endure afflictions. Do the work of what? An evangelist. Go around preaching. Make full proof of their ministry. He was not telling Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He was telling him, see, this is me. In verse 9, he now told Timothy, do that diligence to come unto me shortly. Verse 10, he says, for Demas has what? Forsaking me, having loved this present world. He has loved TikTok more than church. Love YouTube more than going to church. Love different things. Say, for Demas are forsaking. Having loved this, this present world. And he has departed unto Thessalonians, Christians, Galatians, Titus unto Demasia. Everybody has gone. Yeah, I beg, we, we can't return so far. I can't stand with Timothy again. All this is your problem. He was training us, training us, training us, training us, training us. We just be praying one, one hour every Sunday. One hour. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I'm tired. I don't want to come again. That's, that's what they did. That's why I've stayed again. He said, only Luke is with me. Take Mark. John Mark, in this instance, the one that wrote the book of Mark. He says, take Mark and bring him with me. Bring him with thee, for he's profitable for me and thy ministry. He says, and Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. He was telling them, the people that remain, I've sent Tychicus to Ephesus, and only Luke is with me now. Bring John Mark. He's telling him, try and bring John Mark. Let's see if he's still going to be with us. He says, that cloak, is relating with him as a, as a child. He said, that cloak I left at Troas with Kapos. When thou come and bring with thee the books, but especially the parchment. Verse 14, he told him, Alexander discovers me, did, did me much evil. The Lord will reward him for his work. <laughs> he says, Alexander discovers me, did me much evil. Then he now told him, beware of him. He was warning him, beware of him. For he has greatly withstood our words. Why did he say our words? Because they are saying the same thing. He said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. It's like it's as though Paul was Paul was crying in this place. All men forsook me. I pray to God that it will not be laid on their church. <laughs> he says, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, and that by me the preaching might be fully made known, and all that are in the Gentiles might hear. So he, he, you see that the life of the young man in the ministry is not easy. But you are the one who will determine if you want to go this route or go the other route. Oh, Jesus, our time is fasting. So, enduredness. How is your prayer life? Do you want to be trained to be better? Or are they trying to train you to be better and you are resisting the training? It says you should endure hardness. It's not going to be easy. But you're going to need it someday. You know, now Paul will die. Paul died after this letter. Timothy will be left alone. Timothy will be left alone just like the disciples of Jesus. It will now be. If Timothy was not properly trained, then he will not continue again. Do you know that? That's how it works. If Timothy was not properly trained, he would not continue again. He would, he would just stop and just go and live his life and say, me, I want to chase money. 
But history had it to be. Timothy continued and died for the same cause. That means he was a good soldier. He lent the gospel and preached the gospel. So, are you seeing the life of the young man? The young man has a challenge. Every, every young man has his own challenges. You saw that in Timothy, right? Yes, sir. He had problem with his stomach. Paul told him that. He had problem with money. He wanted everything. Paul told him to be contented. He had a lot of challenges. He probably, he probably did not know how to relate. Maybe he's just coming to and saying, yo, yo, people, yo, people. Paul had to say, no, don't do that. Be an example. You can't be doing like that in church. So you see that he, he displayed the attribute of a young man. Somebody who is showing a potential tendency to also run away. <coughs> Just like the disciples of Jesus ran away when Jesus was in problem. Paul said, ah, you, can, you cannot try it. Be the partakers of this same affliction. And you see that every young man has their own challenge. You want to make money? I know. I also want to too. You want to get your PhD degree? I want to get mine too. But we are going to look for time, create the time, and submit ourselves to the training. That's what stands us out. Are you seeing it? Now we can safely talk about Timothy. We can, take, we can safely read the book of Timothy now with us. You know, now Luke, Luke wrote the book of Acts. Luke wrote the book of Acts and he, has, he also has his book, the book of Luke. But now, do you know that there was nothing like the book of uh, um, which other? John Mark wrote Mark. Are you seeing those good guys? They, they, they eventually ended up well. But do you know that we don't have the book of Demas? They eventually ended up with. He says, Demas has forsaken me. Having loved the present world, the, the, their hand is not always good. Are you saying that we don't have a book of Demas? But we, we are reading John Mark till tomorrow. The gospel according to Mark. We are reading the book of Luke. The same writer of Luke wrote the book of Acts. We are reading Timothy. We are reading Titus. Faithful men. But you know, we don't have Demas till tomorrow. Tychicus was still also mentioned in Colossians. If you read the book of Colossians in verse 4, you will see Tychicus there again. It shows these men stood out. So what will stand you out as a good soldier is when you endure the training and endure it till the very end. Are you seeing it? You, you, you stay faithful to the very end. It's not that after college today now, you just go and start chasing money. You now start saying those good days where we used to come to service every Sunday. You know, after college now, some of you would relocate and leave this state or leave this city. And the next thing is, would you still continue what you learned? Would you still be faithful in studying, in praying? Would you still continue? If you don't, you are not going to end up well. That's the truth. We've seen it in the scriptures. Look at Judas Iscariot. He didn't continue. Their hand is not always good. You've already decided you want to be a Christian. You are already born again. Now, enlist yourself into the training camp. Are you seeing it? 
enlist yourself. Girl trained. Come for prayer meetings. If I thought you will sit down, at least just start praying. Are you getting what I'm saying? If I thought you will sit down, at least you are just praying. Just start. Start at first. Did you see that he was not only sitting? The disciples slept for three hours. But later on, nobody could teach them to pray. Because they didn't have anybody to go to and say, Master, cares not that we perish again. They now have to suffer the training. Hope you know, Timothy will not have anybody to talk to and say, Paul, I'm going through this problem. Paul has now died. Now he's left alone. When you are alone, what would you do? That's the question. In the next five, you should start having plans for your life. Five years from now, are you still going to be preaching the gospel? Are you still going to be going to church, studying the, studying the word? Are you still going to be following the person you are following? Are you still going to be faithful? You should start having the plans now. A man who doesn't plan for his future will fail. So life will now plan things for you. You will get married, have children. That's why you hear some parents say, Ah, when we were in university days, we used to pray. How many of you have heard those statements from older people? How many of you have heard it? They say, we used to pray. We used to study. Ah, you are just zealous. You are just zealous. They didn't plan for the future. That's why you see some older people, they just eventually relapse into drinking alcohol. They just drink and drink and drink. They don't care anymore. But when they were younger, they were not like that. They were fervent. But they didn't plan. Tell yourself, okay, by this time next year, would I still be faithful in church service? How will my prayer life be? Would I have grown? You must have those targets for you to be a good soldier. Would I submit myself much more to the training of the Spirit of God? How do I want to be feeding on the world in the next 10 years? Hope you know you're still going to live long to that point. They said you want to die. But none of you, I don't believe none of you will die in Jesus' name. In the next 10 years from now, that will be 2032, would you still be doing the same thing? Because one of the instructions Paul was telling Timothy, continue, continue, continue. You saw that, right? Continue, continue. Would you still be doing it? Would you still be enduring the hardness? Or... You would have chasing dollars. I'll just be saying, ah, see, I want to work, Joe. I want to make money. I just want to, I mean, I just want to make money. I just want to make money. I just want to make money. Look at the instruction of Paul gave Timothy. Ah, be content. The love of money is the root of all evil. So Timothy was like you too. Timothy had the choice to say, let me go and make money. Are you seeing it? Should you not work? Paul worked. Paul himself was an evidence of a worker. Paul told you, I labored with my own hands abundantly. But you must find the balance. And it starts now. How you will find the balance starts now. Now that you are not as 100% busy as you think you ought to. You are just, some of you are for me busy. You are not busy. You are not yet married. You don't have responsibility or child, children you are taking care of. You don't have a parent you have to, his parent that is even feeding you at this point. you get what I'm saying? You are not as busy as you want to, but you can start now. 
So that when the busy time comes, you are already used to it. That is what training does. That's why the military, when they go for what, they know what to do. They know where to hide. They know how to lie down and be looking. You know you can't lie down like them. They are trained on how to do it. They know what to wear in times of trouble. Can your Christian life, one question I'll leave you to with today, last you? The life you are living now, the attitude you are giving now, you skip church service, you, do, you, you don't come for prayer meetings, you don't come for study, you don't study the scripture, you don't listen to message. Can this life sustain you for the next 50 years? If no, Brenda Bridget, brother, please pray for, pray for me. Brenda Bridget, you have. Tell him. Brother, please pray for me. Thank you. <laughs> you have to do something. You have to ask yourself a question. The life I'm living now, the Christian work, my study life, my year in the script, my year in the world, my listening to the gospel, my prayer life, would this sustain me for the next 10 years? For the next 20 years? If no, ah, brethren, you are a bad soldier. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are a bad what? Soldier. Because a soldier prepares for time of war. They are not preparing for Soldiers are not preparing for now. Hope you know that. The training they give soldiers is not so that they will just be enjoying the training. The training is so that when difficult time comes, they are still standing. Hope you know. They know how to fight. They know how to shoot guns. They know how to do this. It's so that they can prepare. But if you are not training yourself for busy times, 10 years, 20 years, when you get married, you will be like those older generation used to say, I used to serve God. May that not be your portion. I used to, I used to be, I used to attend one campus fellowship. I used to come to one Sunday service, 10 a.m. service. Ah, I remember when I used to pay, when I used to follow this guy. We just used to listen to the wall. If you don't plan for it now, when you have children, you will not raise them in the, in the fear of the Lord. That's why we have so many wayward people today. Because the parents don't even know what to even do. You don't want to be like that. So you have to prepare for what? The time of danger. Jesus told the disciples to pray in Matthew 26. He says, pray. The spirit is weak, willing. But the flesh is weak. Didn't you see how Peter failed? Did you not see how Peter failed? He failed. He cut off the ear of Marcus. Do you know that if he had prayed, he would not have acted in the flesh like that? He didn't train himself for difficult times. I know this is another message you like. You like who you are in Christ, what God has done in Christ. But this is also part of the things that God has done in Christ. That's why in Acts 5, when they beat the disciples, 
what did they do? The Bible says they rejoice, counting themselves worthy to suffer for his name's shame, for his name's sake. But you know if it is our today, somebody flogs you for the gospel, you say, I'm not preaching again. Because you are not well trained. But the Bible says, do you know what they did? They said they did not stop preaching. They now increased from house to house and in the temple daily. Despite the, the beating, they, beat, they, they flogged them. Because they were good soldiers. Timothy wanted to chicken out, just like he wanted. But Paul said, ah, don't be ashamed. Continue what you have learned. Meaning it is what you have learned now that will sustain you. The training you have now is what will sustain you. I leave you with this word this morning, this Sunday morning, July 3rd, 2022. I leave you with this message. I believe this will, you will remember this someday. You might not meet me again in the next five years or ten years. You might not be in Rochester, New York. You might have been in another state, another country, another place where your feet will go. But I'm leaving you with this word this morning. Would you still be serving God that time? Would you still be praying? Would you still be devoted? But if you don't plan for it and prepare for war, you are going to be a bad soldier. And look at the ends of all those people. You see that you know it's to end well, right? Let's start from Judas Iscariot. Did Judas Iscariot end well? No. Did Demas, do we hear anything about Demas again? He now became a bad reputation. Yesterday I showed you Uticos. Nobody bears Uticos again. Uticos will probably be a good name. Do you know that just like Judas till tomorrow, Judas means praise, but nobody wants to identify with that name again because that name now has now portrayed the name of what? A betrayer. They don't always end well. But look at the lives of Timothy. Look at the lives of John Mark. We are still reading their books till tomorrow. Look at Luke. We are still reading the book of Acts. We are still looking, reading the book of Luke till tomorrow. Look at Titicus. We are still hearing about Titicus even in Colossians good soldiers. I will ask you that same question I asked you. Are you a good soldier? You know, what did I tell you today? A good soldier prepares for when? For time of war. Are you preparing yourself for the time of war? Be on your feet and let's pray. Be on your feet and let's pray. You've, the word of the Lord has come to your heart today. I want you to pray heartfeltly. Pray for your next 10 years. Don't care who is looking at you. Pray for your next 20 years. Pray for your next 30 years. Your next 15 years. You know you have not entered those years. But you can determine it now in prayer. Lift your voice and pray. Are you preparing for dangerous times? Are you prepared for times of war? Are you prepared for time of war? Are you prepared for time of war? Are you getting trained by the Spirit of God? Or do you want to end up badly? 
Are you a good soldier? Or a bad one? You don't care about your prayer life. You skip church. You are not committed to one thing. You are not following a preacher. No study life. Ah. What will you be doing in the next 10 years? What will you be doing in the next 20 years? Hallelujah. Listen to me. Hallelujah. Listen to me. I used to tell you something. If you come in the next 20 years, you will still find me, Ayomide Benson, doing what I'm doing. I am convinced of this gospel I'm preaching. You might not be there, but you will hear it. You can go and come back. I will still be preaching. That is my resolution. So come hell, rain, ice, sick, or water. I can't back down. It's not possible. I don't give up. What is your own conviction? This same path, I have been on this same path for the past 15 years of my life. What is your own conviction? You used to preach. You stopped. You used to pray. You stopped. You, you are a bad soldier. You are not preparing for times of war. Are you getting what I'm saying? No. You have not entered a year like 2032. But you can determine how 2032 will look like. That I don't know what will happen, no. but me, I will still be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Will you still be serving the Lord? Or you are going to love money? Or you are going to love money. You are going to follow money. Or are you going to love money? Or are you going to follow after your job? Or are you going to follow after husband, wife, and not serve God? When you leave college tomorrow, are you already planning for those days? But you can determine life. Life will not always be fair. But you can determine life with the decision you make today. Life will not always be fair.
or a bad one? Ah, a good soldier or a bad one? Consecrate your heart to the Lord. Tell the Lord 2030 I will still be serving you. Tell the Lord in the next 10 years I will still be serving you. In the next 20 years, I will still be serving you. In the next 30 years, I will still be serving you. In the next 100 years, I will still be serving you. When you are 30, when you are 40, when you are 50, you will still be serving Jesus. A good soldier or a bad one. A good soldier or a bad one? A good soldier or a bad one? Say, Lord, I will serve you all the days of my life. You're not saying it like me. Say, Lord, I will serve you all the days of my life. Shout it loud. Say, Lord, I will serve you all the days of my life. Lord, I will serve you all the days of my life. I will not look back. I will not look back. I will not give up. I will not give up. When you are 30, when you are 40, when you are 50, you will not say, I have a glorious past. But it will be a life of consistent and continual fellowship with God. Are you seeing it? A life of continual, a life of continual fellowship and consistency with God. Say, Lord, I will not give up. Lord, I will not look back. I told you, they don't always end well. What will they achieve everything they need to achieve in the natural? Yes, they will get married. They will have a good job. They will have a good car. But do you know, like Paul said, it is certain. We came to this world with nothing. And it is certain that we will not go, we will go back empty. On the last day, the Lord will now ask them, what did you do? And they will not be able to give a report. Is that the life you want to live? Then they didn't prepare for you. Are you preparing for your next five years? When you leave college today, have you started preparing how your life will look like? When you get married, have you started preparing? When you get that job, you are dreaming of getting or you are trying to get the job so that you will leave God. You will get it. But you will live a bad life. Consecrate your heart to the Lord this morning. Tell the Lord, it is me and you forever. It is Jesus forever. Prepare for good and bad days. Tell him when the goings are good. When the goings are bad, I will still be here, Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, but me, are your blessing. When the goings are good, when the goings are bad, I will still be here. I will still be here. I will still be doing the same thing. What you've called me to do. That I don't end up like a bad soldier. That I'm not a bad soldier. Say, I'm not a bad soldier. Say, Lord, I repent. I'm not a bad soldier. 
I prepare for raining days. I prepare for raining days. You should. You should. Worship Him and bless Him this morning.